Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on Watching Your Wealth, mistakes to avoid with your mutual funds. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Daisy Maxey is a Wall Street Journal reporter and mutual fund expert. Welcome, Daisy. Hi, Veronica. Nice to join you. Great to have you here. So, Daisy, let's get right to it. One of the top mistakes you said is folks often make the mistake of being fickle with their funds. Tell us about that. Oh, that's a common one, Veronica, one we hear a lot about. Um, You know, a lot of uh, mutual fund investors, they invest in a fund, then they just jump out at the first sign of any tiny downturn. They're disappointed. And they rush off to another investment. And in the end, they never really get the benefit of of a good fund manager. A fund manager might have very good long-term performance. But the uh, investor never captures all of it because they're moving around too much. Dalbar has for a long time studied this, um, and they say that investment results are more dependent on investor behavior than on fund performance. Wow. <laughs> there's so much moving around. Oh, my gosh. And that's something uh, investors can control. Now, yeah. on the flip side of that is, you Very know, easily. investors may want to chase performance. Like they hear their friend tells them about this great fund and then off they go. So tell us about that uh, tendency. Yeah. And that's a very strong tendency. They like to invest in a mutual fund after it's done well. I mean, you can relate. You look at the fund's performance and you say, wow, that's amazing. I'd like to get in on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, they get a lot of encouragement to do that, both from fund company advertisements, Mm, you know, advertising their returns and their stars and analysts who list the fund performance and talk about how well they did. But if you look at um, mutual fund documents, you'll see this um, little phrase that we often talk about, past performance is not an indicator of future outcomes. <laughs> not at all. And that is true. Often a sector, either small cap funds or emerging markets, do very well because, you know, something's happening in that area that is propelling them, and then they'll go through a difficult period. Mm-hmm. So investors can be very, very disappointed when they do that. I know some have jumped into emerging markets, seen great Yikes. performance, and then in the next year, they'll those funds might be down place. severely. So it's, um, it's something that is behavioral. It's um, what investors kind of can control. If they, can, they con- it's another one they can control and <laughs> one that they don't often control. <laughs> and you said another mistake, uh, I guess, c- connected to this is they make the mistake of jumping on the hottest product. I feel like every year there's some hot thing. So how do we avoid that from happening to us, getting sucked in? Yeah. And in this case, we don't mean the hottest product in terms of performance, but just a hot new name. You know, smart beta is the hot thing now. Oh, yeah. Some are calling it strategic beta. And some of those funds have done well. Others haven't. But I think investors need to take time to vet a product. Um, you, we may all remember the book, the very popular book, Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, where you know, <laughs> yeah. they talked about the, the big tulip bulb uh, mania of the 1600s, where people paid enormous sums for a single tulip bulb. Jeez. And of course, that came crashing down. We think that can't happen today, but it really does. And all you need to do is look at the... Um, the early 2000s Mm -hmm. with the technology bubble and how so many technology funds were launched. And many of them um, just went out of business and 
Um, there was one fund, the Zero, Zero Gravity Internet Fund, closed in 2001. It was down nearly 60% at the time. Ouch. People learned Ouch. a lesson on Internet stuff. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope they did. But, I mean, this brings you to an, another one of your points is that people too often stick with losers. I've done this myself. You think, well, you know, we had one good year and maybe down the road it's going to turn things around. But, you know, you hang on way too long. Yeah. I mean, as we spoke about before, you don't want to cut and run the minute you have a little bit of loss in a fund. You have to give a manager time. They're going to go through some volatility. But you don't want to sit, as you said, in a fund for years and years. And some people will just put their, whether it's their 401k or just a fund they've purchased, put it on autopilot or Mm -hmm. maybe even stocks and not look for years, especially people do that with their 401ks. And that's a bad thing. You you should be reevaluating your funds every year, year. watching their performance, considering whether – you have to rebalance within your portfolio and whether your fund is doing what you what it should be doing you know things may have changed mm-hmm. so you have to you know whether a manager changes or the fund has changed it's maybe gone too much into some kind of risk that you didn't want in the first place and you know compare that performance to funds in that category make sure you use a fair benchmark but you should look at um, how it's doing compared to others in the same group and just periodically do that and reevaluate. Don't just leave it um, sitting there for years without looking. And also, speaking of which, we should be looking and evaluating the fees we're paying in for our uh, funds as well, shouldn't we? That's a big one. Yes. Um, fees, many investors don't even realize that they're paying a management fee mm-hmm. and that they may be paying a load up front when they buy a fund to a broker. Yeah. When you buy a mutual fund through a broker, you should ask, how much are you making to sell me this <laughs> Good question. That's a big, big uh, question that a lot of investors aren't even aware they should ask. And um, people should be reading their fund's prospectuses and looking at the documents that come with the fund, which lay out the performance fees, the management fees. um, And these are uh, very important because, especially over long periods of time, if you're holding these funds in a retirement account, these fees are going to add up. They may look small, but you should figure out how much is this going to cost me over all these years. And the other thing uh, we should note here is that there are big variations. Mm -hmm. Many people think of index funds, which just track a simple index as being cheaper than actively managed funds because you have the active manager doing all that work mm-hmm. and shifting around. But sometimes that's not the case. Some Ooh. index funds cost more. Good to know. And if you're not watching, you can end up paying a lot for something that you really shouldn't be paying much for at all. <laughs> These are great tips. Thank you so much, Daisy. Would you stick around and take our financial version of the pros? Oh, thanks, Veronica. I'd love to. Great. You stick around, too. Hi, I'm Paul Vigna. If you do not subscribe to the Money Bee podcast, you are going to feel worse than a short seller on the day of a big rally. Go to iTunes and WSJ.com slash podcasts. You want to sign up for this one. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Now it's time for WSJ reporter Daisy Maxey to take our fun financial quiz. Daisy, you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the best financial (laughs) advice you ever heard? I think it's very simple. Buy low-cost index mutual funds. I like that. Can save you a lot of money. Oh, sure. (laughs) Worst financial advice. Um, I think I took buy and hold to mean buy and hold and hold and hold. Mm, Yeah, yeah. A lot of us I've learned sometimes you have to shift your your out of funds. Indeed. Fill in the blank. Money can buy? Sometimes peace of mind. (laughs) That's true. Money can't buy? Happiness. Everyone knows that. (laughs) That is true. If you want a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? 
I definitely keep writing, but I think I'd write on a lot of different topics and oh. travel the world with my daughter and my little lovely granddaughter. Oh, how nice. <laughs> Very nice. You're quite the traveler and great grandma. So thank you so much for joining us, Daisy. Thanks so much, Veronica. It's been fun. Do you have a wealth management or personal finance question you'd like us to address? Something you'd like advice on? Email us at podcast at DowJones.com. This has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at WSJ.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. The Claude 3 Model Family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.